0: Just a quick note before we start the show, this episode was recorded during COVID-19 with social distancing in mind.
1: Things aren't what they may have appeared to be in Mississippi. What happened before I got here, I can't comment on, but what has happened since I've been here has been a great story for me
0: this is soul sessions conversations on culture from jackson mississippi i'm paul wolf along with kim lewis bringing you a look at the people the places and the events that make us the city with soul and today's guest is sports promoter Tim bennett
2: the california native who grew up in orlando right outside the gates of disney brings a love for baseball and a passion for the community to jackson with his
0: investment in Smithville stadium And he's bringing the Hank Aaron Sports Academy to Jackson, helping to nurture young players and bring in teams to play here in the city with Seoul from all over the country. I'm excited to hear from Tim. Let's start the show. Tim, thank
2: you so much for joining us today. Can you share with us a little bit About yourself, a little bit about your background and your work.
1: I um, actually moved to Jackson in the late 90s. I was a missionary for about eight years prior to that. And my last assignment was in Africa. So I came home to Florida, Central Florida, and my dad had some health issues and he ended up uh, passing away. And so I had a choice to make uh, either go back into missionary work or get into something I could make money at, which was baseball. And so that I chose baseball it would help me take care of my mom. Uh, Mississippi was the place that I came to. We grew up in Central Florida around a lot of spring training sites and facilities, cut grass for the owners of the Tampa Bay Rays at the time. And so that kind of gave me a, an early lead into baseball, just kind of having uh, folks in the front office and ownership that I knew. So that's kind of how I got to Jackson. Uh, Jackson was an ideal place for me because at that point in time, uh, Con Maloney who had done a a great job with uh, baseball up to that point, had a pretty old stadium and a hall of famer named Nolan Ryan said, Hey, why don't we buy the team from you? And so they, uh, he sold the team to Nolan they built a new stadium. And I came in with the crazy idea of why don't we build a stadium and see if we can uh, get a team here. And so that's what, what brought me to Jackson.
0: So it sounds like you might've been a preacher at one time, huh? You were a missionary. Did you ever have thoughts of pastoring a church too?
1: You know, I did, but it's it's hard to mix baseball and preaching. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I hate to say it was one or the other, but uh, I'm a you know a believer. I'm a, a Christian, and so I still have a passion for that. Tim, you said you knew you could make
0: money at baseball. Unpack that for me a little bit. What what made you think that you could make a living with a game that you loved, and if I'm correct, a game you've never played before.
1: Yeah, that is correct. Well, the, the irritating thing was when we were in Florida, we went to the Cleveland Engine's uh training facility. And I said, Look, we are we, uh, we're the best grass cutters in town. We wanna cut the grass here and, and they told us <laughs> no. And I said, Wait a minute, y'all are y'all are in our town on our turf for thirty days for spring training and you tell us we can't cut the grass in the off season? And they said, No, nah, we we got people that do that. And so I said, I'll build my own stadium and cut my own grass. So ironically, I bought me a John Deere this morning and we're going to be cutting grass for the city of Jackson, actually out at Michael D. Johnson, keeping that place in shape. But um, I figured there was some money to be made um, in baseball, um, especially with the, the, the Moleys and the Bostics and the Bush family and all the guys. We very wealthy people that we cut grass for. Um, the big thing was the Southern League was so spread out. You had teams in Jacksonville, uh, Greenville, South Carolina was the Braves. Uh, there's just a lot of travel distance. And when I sat down and said, look, if you look at the Southern League, it's so spread out. If we could compress the league a little bit, then it would certainly make it easier on the players and easier on the owners for having not to pay so much in travel costs. And so we we looked at that. I sat down with Don Mencher, who's also passed away. He was the president of the Southern League. And I said, look, if you move Greenville and maybe you move a Jacksonville and you start moving some of these teams around, it makes the league a little more compact. And that's kind of where we are today. Um, Orlando was in the Southern League. That was a Tampa Bay Rays franchise. And so we moved Orlando to Montgomery. That was the first uh, gig that I had. And then that was in 2004. And then 2005, moved the Braves from Greenville to uh, Pearl, Mississippi, where they still are. And then moved Huntsville to Biloxi. And so that certainly made the league a more travel-friendly league and uh, save some money and uh, now as of this year Jacksonville is in AAA so we have an eight-team league. Uh, Jackson Tennessee is no longer in the league and Jacksonville has moved to AAA so the eight teams in the Southern League are a lot closer now than they ever were before and so we think that's going to make it easier in travel for the players, uh, easier on the owner's pockets and uh, just better all around for citizens or uh, people that follow the team. That's a lot easier to to go to Biloxi than it would have been, say, to travel to Jacksonville or Orlando. So that's kind of how that all took place. And then, of course, in 2015, um, we got a team in Biloxi, and I was fortunate enough to be able to become an owner of a baseball team. And so um, it's really a Cinderella story for me to go from cutting grass to to actually owning a baseball team. So kind of a um, a good great American story, but it happened in Mississippi. And so, um, I couldn't be happier, uh, that it happened here in Mississippi and also couldn't be happier to own a baseball team. So (laughs) it's a a good deal both ways.
0: You've come back to Jackson, Mississippi to help bring back the iconic Smithville stadium, but maybe it's something a little different than what we imagined. So why was Smithville such a good launch pad for what you're trying to do? And I guess the question then is, what exactly are you trying to do at Smith Wills?
1: Well, it was it was a little bit of uh, guilt and a little bit of pleasure all all in one guilt in that the stadium that we built in 05 replaced Smith Wills. You know, it's not a a reward for a city when you say, you know, thanks for building us a stadium, build us a new one and we're going to leave. I've never been married before, but I, I can't imagine, you know, telling your wife in 20 years, hey, you know, <laughs> give, <laughs> tell her something that she didn't <laughs> want to hear. I'm like, hey, guess what? It's an ultimatum. And so I thought, you know, built two stadiums. smith was the original site for the first baseball, professional baseball ever to occur in the state. You know, I was talking to Clint Johnson and talking to the mayor, and they explained to me that Jackson had seven high schools and not one of them had a high school baseball field. And then, you know, I look myself in the mirror and I go, You know, Tim, you just asked one of the poorest states in the country to build two brand new baseball stadiums, which they did. One for the Braves, one for the Brewers. They did that. First time ever, the states had two professional baseball teams. So they did that. Um, With me being African-American and owning a team in the state, no one treated me any different. They helped me become an owner. If it wasn't for the state of Mississippi, I wouldn't be an owner of a baseball team. And so I thought to myself, how could I leave the children behind? those seven high schools that don't have a place to play. But here we've built two stadiums for other people's children that don't live in Mississippi, most most of which live in other states or other countries even. Uh, 35% of Major League Baseball is Latin American. 25% of Major League Baseball is foreign born. And so I thought, man, we, we have to do something to give back. And so Smith-Wills was was the stadium that I knew if we could take that over, we could then give Jackson Public Schools, a place to play, and so that was the first step: was taking over the stadium and making making sure JPS High Schools, those seven high school kids, uh, high schools that have kids that want to play baseball, now have a place to call home in that Smithville Stadium. Then out front at Michael D. Johnson Field, we're we're taking that over, have taken that over as well, getting that in shape to make sure that it's ready for those kids to play baseball. So now you've got two fields. And then we we looked at across the street at the North Jackson Youth Complex, and we we're going to start doing some work on those fields as well to make sure that now we maybe have three fields for JPS students to to play on and to be able to compete. So that's just that's the first start. We're working with tournaments. We've got youths ages four to fifteen that are coming in from other states to play uh, baseball on the weekends, uh, travel ball as some call it, but I'm mixing that with rec ball. So we'll have travel ball. For the kids in Jackson, they can't afford to travel to other states. Well, now they just have to travel across town because we're going to bring 40, 50, 60 teams from other states and other cities to come here. And it's just a heck of a lot easier for them for mom and dad or for mom or for dad to just bring their son or daughter right across town to be able to play against teams from other cities. And that saves money for the kids as well.
2: Tim, it's obvious that you have a passion for baseball. What is it that inspires you?
1: It's probably stubbornness, fortunately, in a good way. When somebody tells me I can't do something, it it makes me wake up in the morning. And uh, I, I literally, this is the honest truth. There's days if I haven't been told I can't do something, I have no inspiration. And so sometimes I go looking for a challenge like Somebody please tell me it's something good I can't do so I can go do it. But, you know, it, it is a passion. But I grew up two exes from Disney World. We would have friends that would come in from other states and they go, hey, can y'all take us to Disney World? And you got passes and your uncle works there and your dad. And I'm like, OK, yeah, We we took so many people to Disney World. But what I learned at Disney World was that if literally it sounds cliche, but if you can dream it, you can do it. And so I was always picking up stuff from Disney World. I didn't even know I was picking it up. But people were smiling. If they were there for a weekend, there were no problems. It was kind of like everybody was happy for that weekend. You know, when you get the you get that bill next week, (laughs) (laughs) you realize you were in a real rat trap down there, but um, a mouse trap, Mickey Mouse. Um, But you know that to me is my passion. It, It baseball allows me to build something that people can come to for an hour or two enjoy themselves, get away from the world and just hopefully watch your kids play and not scream at the umpires, not scream at your kids, but enjoy the fact that they're all playing together. And it's the, it's the great equalizer to me. It's what brings society together as sports. I am super proud when people ask me, why you keep saying you're so proud to be in Mississippi? And I go, well, yeah, people have always thought that being black and going to Mississippi just does not go together. But how about being black, uneducated, never playing baseball? working with two Republican governors, building two stadiums and becoming an owner of a a baseball team, you know, not bad. And so to me, that speaks to society that things aren't what they may have appeared to be in Mississippi. Now, before I was living or what happened before I got here, I can't comment on. But what has happened since I've been here has been a great story for me. It hadn't been all great, but it certainly has been more good than bad. And I've had a lot of great help you know, both black and white, both male and female to help me. And so I found it to be a great opportunity for me to live out the passion of bringing baseball to, you know, to the youth of Mississippi. And so that's kind of my passion. You know, right now, for sure, my passion is to make sure that these kids have a place to play and that they get a chance to play against other kids from other states and other cities right here in their own backyard. Something to brag about.
0: Tim, talk about your goals, your long-term goals with these youth sports programs. I know you've launched the Hank Aaron Sports Academy here in Jackson at Smithwell Stadium. So how do you see those programs making a difference in the lives of those kids, the lives of their families, and the life of the city?
1: Education. Um, I've got a daughter um, who's here and she made the dance team. And her mom told her, you're going to keep making straight A's or you're not going to stay on the dance team. You know, when, She's made straight straight A's her whole life, which is better than I can say for myself. But she has she's very smart girl. She's done very well. She wants to stay on the dance team, so she's going to continue to make the grades. And sometimes I think it's incentive to to young young boys and girls, but especially young men, young boys, that hey, playing sports is not enough. You got to get your education, uh, financial literacy. You, you want to make a hundred million dollars, and you be- guess what? You can. But how much of that do you have left after you pay taxes and how much of that once you get married and have children and once you can't play sports anymore and you got to find a job. And so there's a lot of things, um, like that, that you learn through sports. And then most of all, you learn how to play together. You learn how to be in the same dugout with people who may be shorter than you, taller than you, different colored than you, uh, with different objectives and goals, but especially baseball, it's a sport that you don't have to have the same physical, uh, Uh, I guess attributes that you have to have to play basketball, you know, being taller helps playing football, being fast and strong helps playing baseball, being smart helps, you know? And so depending on others, you, you once you get to first base, you pretty much got to depend on your team to get you to second, third or back home. And so that to me is a big lesson in baseball is you got to depend on other people. And when you're out there on first, second, or third, you know, it doesn't matter what the pitcher looks like or what the batter looks like. You're just looking for someone that's going to help get you home. And that's the uh, that's the goal. And so for me, this is kind of I think I'm wrapping my career up here. And so I feel like I'm rounding third coming home.
2: Mm -hmm. There are no rules. You got 24 hours. How are you going to show off Jackson?
1: Civil Rights Museum, any any one of a number of restaurants. (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of good a lot of good food here. Um taking a look at all the campuses here, you you've got Millsaps, you've got Mississippi College, you've got Jackson State, uh Heinz Community College, there's a lot of a lot of uh Bellhaven. Um, that's here. I got to stay in Jackson, right? There's a lot of there's a nice places outside. But yes, there is okay. one
0: rule. <laughs> okay,
1: all right, all right. All right. Well, you're going to make me say Smithville Stadium. You know, of course I'm going to say Smith- I didn't want to say that first because I'd be a little selfish of me, but you know, Smithville Stadium. We've done a lot with the uh, Sports Museum, the Hall of Fame uh, Museum in our backyard, the Agricultural Museum, the Children's Museum, the Science Museum as well. And so I think that in a 24-hour time period, you know, hitting those places really shows you that Jackson is progressive. Uh, going down to Fondren, you know, is becoming the walkable district that you see in some other cities. I know in, in Florida, we've got Hyde Park and Tampa, and we've got some other places in Orlando that are walkable districts. And I, I like that that's what Fondren is becoming, a, a safe, walkable district where there's something for everyone. And so that's the way I would, would spend those 24 hours. And I, I probably, you know, end up at, at char for dinner, eating one of those big steaks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not a bad choice at all, Tim. All great activities here in the city with soul. Tim, where can we find out more about you and the work that you do here in Jackson?
1: HankAaronSports.com is the uh, website, the web address. Uh, there you'll see that Jackson. And all of Mississippi has so much talent sports wise and and so many other ways, business wise as well. But, you know, we're bringing Ozzie Smith. We're bringing, you know, um, Dusty Baker, who's still coaching. Dave Clark, who went to Jackson State. Clint Johnson, JPS, former uh, principal and athletic director. uh, Dave Stewart. There's so many big baseball names. Curtis Granderson. Uh, so many people that uh, have been in and around the game. Brian Jordan, uh, he and Deion Sanders have something in common. They both played two sports, football and baseball, at the highest level. And so, you know, we've got a lot of support, and I, I can't wait for people to come and and see what the city of Seoul has to offer. With the city with soul.
2: Now, here's what we're loving in the City with Soul, a segment where we talk about a place or thing that has us really excited about Jackson. Today, that is a growing number of outdoor activities in the city.
0: Yeah, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Smith-Will Stadium. What a great ballpark that's really on the way back up. The new museum trail that leads from the two museums downtown all the way to the Lafleur Museum District in Bellhaven, And then Providence Hill Farm. You don't think about it, but it, it is in Jackson. It's beautiful. There's horse riding. There's event rentals. A great place to get outside.
2: And crawfish season is upon us, with local restaurants offering outdoor seating and plenty of venues offering weekly crawfish boils. And the second Saturday activities at Highland Village, with weekly and monthly activities being offered at the district that include live music, food, and drink specials. And then there's the Magnolia Sunset Market. The third Saturday of the month features vendors, artisans, and fresh produce, and speaking of produce, the Mississippi Farmer's Market, where you can now grab a breakfast on Saturday morning before you start your shopping.
0: And there's a host of city parks here with walking trails, picnic space. There's even one with a scale model of the Mississippi River Basin. That's at Buddy Butts Park in the west part of Jackson. Why don't you pull out your phone, too, and check out our public art google map that will take you all over the city looking at our burgeoning public art scene we've got a great post about all of this at jxn.ms and outdoor activities in the city with a link to an outdoor recreation map created by jackson outdoor enthusiast andy hilton check it all out at jxn.ms soul sessions is hosted by me paul wolf and me kim lewis our show is produced by visit jackson in association with mwb studios our executive producer is ricky Thigpin.
2: we were recorded and mixed by parker james our theme music is by tania sanders recorded at malico studios right here in jackson
0: special thanks this episode to tim bennett tim mask Jonathan Pettis, and Mark Leffler.
2: You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Lewis. And I'm Paul
0: Wolf. And you've been listening to Soul Sessions.